The Sportzilla Show starts now. Everybody give it up for Rob Gronkowski. Did I have Money. to take a pay cut? Let me let me tell you this. To get a deal done here was a lot easier than getting a deal done with the oh, Patriots. Really? Oh. Once in a while in the locker room, Tom had to put his foot down on me, you know, control me a little bit. Yeah, let me get that <laughs> scream going. But let me tell you something about Julian. Well, let me tell you something, brother. First off, he calls himself the squirrel. You want to know why he calls himself the squirrel? Because he is a squirrel. He's furry. He's cute. He's elusive. He's feisty. And most importantly, whenever he gets a chance, he gets that nut. Just like he gets a first down. Just like he gets the touchdown. Just like he'll give you a catch when you need it. All right. Time to crack a dump in my new house. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Spain and Scoop. We're not going to ignore the Syracuse NC State game at all. We'll be talking about that in a few minutes, but there was a bevy of activity last night from Major League Baseball and the Astros moving on to the ALCS against the Yankees. We'll get to that a little bit later in our hour here on the Sportzilla Show. Oh, boy. But, yeah, Gronk, he's no Tony Romo when it comes to analyzing football. I think that's apparently clear. Yeah. Making, making a quick jump from retirement into the broadcast booth. You went one who was just a natural and Gronk perhaps might even be moonlighting in the WWE for all we know. Uh, but he made his debut with the Giants in the Patriots game last night. Scoop and Rain are in here. Good afternoon to everybody listening and to you, Scoop. I got to tell you, if a space alien in a flying saucer landed in central New York last night in some watering hole where they had SU and the Wolfpack football, Giants, Patriots football, and Astros Rays, I think the space alien would go, you know what? Astros Rays looks like it's the most fun, the most exciting, people most engaged, the fans going nuts. I got to tell you, I was rooting for the Rays, and you're going to go, oh, because you're afraid of them because the Astros. We're gonna, I'll tell you why we're not afraid this year. I was rooting for the Rays, though, and I was rooting for the Giants because I'm a Giants fan. And I was rooting for Cuse because, obviously, I am born and bred in central New York, and I am a lifelong homer, and all three teams I rooted for lost. So if I root for a team, if I openly root for a team, Scoop, just go, and I, you can go to casino now, and you can you can gamble. Just don't, well, I don't know, you can't bet on New York State teams, but just bet on the teams that I root for. Chances are they lose, the exception being, I hope, of course, the Yankees. You sound like me with my Cleveland I, Browns I fandom because I, I – I am convinced that it is bad luck for the Browns when I watch the game or even follow the game on Twitter. So I am not doing that. I, I hope for the best, and then I look at, at highlights later, you know. Well, you poked the bear, and you kind of hammered me a little bit yesterday, and I finally admitted near the end of the Sportzilla show I didn't expect to win that game at all. Um, I just I just want to have our producer, Matt, pop that mic on for a quick second. Matt, you are a Patriots fan. Did you think that it was awkward with Gronk, or did you think, I mean, before we talk about the game a little bit, was it a little bit painful, or was he okay? Because I saw some people, and I know, oh, my God, it was so great. Gronkowski, Gronk was awesome. It was very cringy. It really was. I don't think anyone should be handing him a live microphone without someone editing it as he's talking. And how are you feeling today about your Patriots Defeating my Giants. Uh, the same way I did going into the game, that our offense is trash. Mm-hmm. But it, we won. 
mm-hmm. somehow, the defense, special well, teams. The Giants aren't necessarily that good. And the punter is punting the ball right in the back of your lineman's head, which does not help. I hate your team. You could turn your mic off <laughs> okay. now. Okay. <laughs> and look, and I just turned off your mic. There we yeah, go. Okay. Nice turnaround. It's fair play. That's exactly right. Good job. Good job. He gets the first one of the day. <laughs> but let me just uh, read you a little something as we talk about the game here. Let's maybe hold off on the negative Daniel Jones declarations, memes and chest pounding. And yes, I'm being a Giants apologist, but this backed up my narrative when I saw it on Twitter. As we watch a rookie quarterback on the road against the number one ranked defense in the NFL without his two top passing targets and a number three running back on the depth chart on a short week. Daniel Jones... That throw to Golden Tate, you look for the little things. And admit this, you've done this with Baker and the Browns. You look for those those positive signs because you know there's going to be growing pains. We automatically, you know, Giants fans, for example, like me, you see Daniel Jones, all of a sudden they bench Eli, he's in there, you win two games, and the next thing you know, oh, maybe we're going to make a playoff run this year. We're suddenly good. But then reality sets in and you go, it's a rookie quarterback in the NFC East, in the NFL. This is going to take some time. See a guy in the New York Post was calling him Danny Picks today. I you know. I got a it's got a new name. I got a tweet for uh, uh, from somebody <laughs> who turned off my microphone, and even though I gave him a microphone to gloat, our producer Matt about that, and I even tweeted him last night. Same thing I just said to him. I hate your team. He's like the feelings mutual. I, I hate the Danny Dimes nickname. Yeah, and a lot of people. You're not alone in that. It just it's cheesy, and it's we're all because of social media sucked into this. Prisoner of the moment mentality where a guy has a good game and we think we're going to live happily ever after. It is now the definitive story of this person's career. And it's like I, I said it before. Beware of grand big conclusions that are based on small sample size. We just overreact to everything as sports fans. So can we bridge the gap? Your Browns that we brought up from the NFL and bring it right back to Syracuse University football so we can open up that discussion. Scoop and rain here on the SportsZilla Show. It's ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. But Eric Dungy, last year's quarterback, is now signed by your Cleveland Browns. Does that mean the XFL is off the table? The draft's on the 15th and the 16th, four or five days from now. Uh, I don't know. I think they could still draft him. Somebody could take a chance. Why not? He might be available or not available. Uh, he's been signed to the practice squad, so we'll see where it goes from there. But obviously, he went in there and he impressed them. Extrapolate and, as a Browns fan on that. I, I think he is the the kind of skill set they're looking for at that position. That is not altogether different from Baker Mayfield. And the weird thing that I've been going through in my head is I see all these parallels between Syracuse football right now and my Cleveland Browns. They, they both have question marks with the offensive line. You know, uh, they're mm-hmm. trying to play a fast-tempo game, sometimes no huddle. Uh, the Browns are seem to be at their best when they go no no huddle in the first quarter or something like that. You, you know? just got to wing it or but something I, like I that. I think Eric Dungy is a good fit, and I'm happy he's been signed. Um, he's big. And, he's got a strong arm. He can clearly run the ball and get out of the pocket. I mean, he's a dual-threat quarterback, which is what the NFL really is in a lot of ways now. And, and given that the Browns' offensive line is so terrible, it's reasonable to, to assume that Baker Mayfield might become a postage stamp before the end of the year instead of a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. So they may need Eric 
I mean, the, the offensive line isn't protecting Baker Mayfield, and the sacks are at a pace uh, far ahead of last season. So you, you want to have a quarterback around that might be ready to go. And, hey, good for Eric. He went in there. He practiced. They liked what they saw. Well, the parallel that you're drawing between the Cleveland Browns and Syracuse scoop, it's spot on because you have these same concerns. You've seen stuff online, whether you're reading through the sports section, Syracuse.com, or you're looking online, or you're just having conversations. The offensive line is clearly still a concern for Syracuse. Tommy DeVito may have to accept the fact that he's going to get knocked around. He's going to have to run a little bit. And the penalties, the penalties piled up. Was it nine of them? I think it was nine penalties I it, with the Browns. A lot of false starts. And the with, one thing I say to my friends about the Browns is they show these flashes of brilliance peppered in with these extended periods of mediocrity. Really? Wait, are you sure you're not describing the game last night against NC State? Because yes. you, you, you couldn't get anything started. Every time you got a couple of plays and you're getting a little momentum perhaps, and there's a false start, there's a penalty, or... There's just nowhere for Tommy DeVito to go where you can't get the ground game going. I mean, the rushing statistics just in the first half alone, if you looked at that, there was nothing there. When you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. And then when every time your offense is trying to get in motion, you're getting it called back, it, it doesn't, what's the word? Bode well. It, it, it just doesn't happen. There's nothing there. And hence, you don't score a lot of points by the end of the game. That said, you know, they have a 16 nothing lead and... Tommy DeVito leads them back and and gets them in the game, gets them in a position where they could win the game. Yeah, and and that's the scary thing at the end. It, cosmetically, that score doesn't look too bad, does it? No, it doesn't. And they had a chance. They could have done something. They were there. They they played themselves into a position where they could have won the game, and that I think is a good thing. I, you know, you want that at least that. At least you're close. You don't want to lose. 44 to 17. Scoop, do you remember yesterday we, we were talking about the game a little bit and laying out our concerns and things like that? And I had brought up a Dino Babers pep talk. You know, he's synonymous with them. I mean, they break nationally. ESPN covers them. There's nobody that can give you a, a pep talk like Dino Babers. And I even suggested on Twitter last night as I'm watching the game, I'm like, maybe we can get a Dino speech at halftime and go in there and make some adjustments, clean up these penalties, get the offensive line working, so put some points on the board. And then don't I come in here today, Scoop, and I find a 10-year-old kid, youth football, Pop Warner, giving a speech, a pep talk to his teammates. Then now I'm starting to think maybe Dino should play this kid for Syracuse. I, have, I haven't heard this. I haven't seen it. To get him riled up for the Pittsburgh game, maybe. But just listen to this. If this doesn't fire you up to play football, I don't know what will. Get angry. I want to see all of you do that. Because if you do that, you're to terminate it to the game. I'm not saying be one person. Be you. But also have passion. Be determined. Be a maverick. And when we get on that field, let's show the Cisco Lobos how to be a maverick. Let's show that we can beat them on our home field. On our home field, we can beat them anywhere. We can go to New England, for goodness sake, play in the snow, and still beat them. 
I should have had that team against the Patriots last <laughs> night. We would have won. Determinated. Are you determinated? That's a cute kid there. That's a cute kid. That's going to be my son, my four-year-old, in about five years. And it, Whether it's football or whatever sport he plays. I was that a, a mini Gronk? That was like a mini Gronk. But the kid was on point. He was getting me cranked up. Then. I mean, he was feeling that at the end of that. And I mean, that's that's what they need. Maybe they need a pep talk. I don't quite know. What do you think? I, I think uh, I love the Dino speeches. You know, they're... We, you think about movies like Rudy with the incredible inspirational moments, that kid. I, there's a movie, Go Tigers, about the Maslin Tigers, and there's a linebacker in it, Ellery Moore, who does a halftime speech, which to me is the best football halftime speech I've ever heard in any movie at any time. It is completely full of expletives. He slams his helmet against the wall at one point in time. In the players list, and one of them, you see a couple of them jump. I love you know, that. Because, you know, he's, we're one heart. We beat his one. You know, I mean, and you sit there and you go, you get chills. Yeah, you get you chills. You get gooseies, you yeah. know, and it's like, man, I would follow this guy through a fire. That's how it is with, I, I don't care what anybody says, that's how it is with Dino Babers. I don't have a speech from his, but I do have Dino talking about the offensive line, which is clearly an issue with the team. There's still concerns. We brought that up. I think the crowd got us a little bit. There were some calls being made, and from a verbal, an audio standpoint, they couldn't hear some of the calls, which really dictates whether they go left or right. So that that was a situation that uh, when you're a veteran, you find a way to hear. And then when you're younger, sometimes you, you thought you heard something, but you did something else. They'll get better. They'll get better. They'll all get better. And uh, when they do, we'll be really good. And, of course, that directly affects Tommy DeVito. And... He's, he's, he struggled at times. He's had a, an up-and-down year this year. There's growing pains with Tommy DeVito. What and, a teacher, though. Yeah, he is. What he's, a teacher. He's How fantastic. can we let this guy ever go anywhere else? He's got to he stay. He's got to stay. I agree with you. you got to do everything to keep him here and keep this program growing and on an upward trajectory. That, it, 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 it's so much better now than it was a couple of years ago. I mean, we have so much hope now. You're not just coaching these young men on a football field. You're coaching them in life also. This is what Dino said to back up your point, Scoop, about his post-game conversation with Tommy DeVito. Just a, you know, a lot of reflection. We're talking about his growth. He's going to be with us for two and a half more years, hopefully. And uh, I want him to, to get the positive and the negatives into him very quickly because that's what you need as a, as a son. You need a, immediate feedback, positive and negative, so you can make the adjustments. And that's what good quarterbacks want. There you go. Let's just leave the Syracuse football conversation there. Obviously, Pitt is our next game. There's plenty of days in between now and that game. We're going to talk about it some more. We'll talk about it next week. Other shows are going to talk about it. I'm sure on the block with Brent Axe, or he's going to have his thoughts and considerations, concerns. That's uh, his, next Friday. His observations. Next Friday. What's that? The pick game. The pick game. Yes, next week, next Friday. So there's plenty of time to talk more Syracuse football. What we want to do next is bring in from the Syracuse Film Festival, uh, John Ginty. And he's going to actually tell us, because he called yesterday while we were talking about the Corey Conacher documentary, Corey Conacher of the Syracuse Crunch. Miracle Baby. Miracle Baby. And we want to talk to him a little bit about that, because there's other some other sports-related stuff and movies. There's a lot of movies that are going to be released 
Um, and it's local, and, and I think that's fantastic. So let's do that next. We're going to get him on the phone, and we'll do that on the Sports Zilla Show, which is ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Sports Zilla Show. Friday, baby, rain and scoop, the Sportzilla Show, and we have a bit of breaking news with regards to Syracuse University basketball. Yeah, I got to thank Tommy Hogan, who uh, brought it to our attention as we were so hyper-focused on, on getting to the other stuff that we opened up with and where we're going. Four-star guard Kaderi Richmond has committed to Syracuse. Yep, four out of five stars. I like that. Can we give him four out of five oranges instead? Because I think that applies. He's 90. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll roll with that. See what I did there? Because you can roll an orange because yeah, it's okay. spherical. All right, don't get too proud of yourself. Okay, 95th ranked, uh, according to ESPN, out of the top 100 possible recruits. The Qs got him. Great pickup, good size guard, and he can score. He can put the ball in the basket. So that's important. Scoop, hockey guy, that's you. I love hockey. You love hockey more. Let's bring John Ginty on the air. How you doing, John? Welcome. Uh, you're with the Syracuse International Film Festival. And explain to everybody what your your role, your position, your title is with the film festival. Sure. Thanks a lot for having me on today, guys. Uh, I, uh, I'm actually the Associate Artistic Director for the Syracuse International Film Festival. It's actually my second year now uh, doing this with the fest. And uh, basically what I do is I, I help oversee the films that are coming in, uh, the look and the feel, the aesthetic, all that fun stuff for the festival itself. There's hundreds of films that are going to be debuted. Everything gets underway on Saturday. The Syracuse International Film Festival is, I'm sorry, it's October, yeah, October 10th to 13th. It's in its 16th. It's underway. It's, yeah, it's in its 16th year overall. Yeah. So it's it's really picking up steam this weekend. Uh, got ahead of myself there. But the Corey Conacher movie, Miracle Baby, it looks fantastic. I guess it's about a half hour long, and that will be making its public debut tomorrow at the film festival. Tomorrow. I believe the uh, Red House Arts Center. Tell us what you know about it. Well, this is you know this is the perfect alignment of two of my worlds because uh, I'm a huge sports fan. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, but of course you know like most of America, I love movies, and so when this film came through when it was submitted, uh, I got really excited and. You know, first of all, because it's a hockey movie. I'm a born and raised Buffalo Sabre fan. So anything that has to do with hockey, I was just immediately gravitating towards. Uh, but then once I started watching it, I was like, wait a minute, this, this guy's from, uh, he plays for the Crunch. This is a, this is a local story. And, uh, his story is, is really kind of spectacular because it really shows his personality and that, that thing that we love about movies and, and especially sports movies when it's, you know, it's us against the world. It's against all odds. It's, you know, trying to overcome the things that are thrown at us. And uh, Corey has definitely had multiple things in his life, roadblocks that would knock most of us down. But uh, he, his uh, his perseverance and his ability to overcome, and which is shown throughout this, yeah, it's only about a half an hour piece. Uh, it, it's really phenomenal to, to see what he's gone through and the adversity he's overcome. Kelvin Hudson Wang is the director producer of of the movie of Miracle Baby, and that's really what he was. He was born with an, or, an internal organ outside of his body, and he had to have, yeah. as a little infant had to have a surgery to put it back in. Then, of course, at eight years old, diagnosed with type one diabetes, which is something he really has to monitor. We were as yeah. we were as you were listening yesterday, and you heard uh, Scoop and I talking about this. 
it's a spectacular story. He should not be in the position that he is as a professional athlete. Also, it, it, within this game, he, he's relatively small in stature. He's only about five foot eight. I mean, you've got yeah. guys playing hockey now that are six four, six five. That's regular. You hear the the typical power forward. So to see what he's done. And then to see the human aspect behind that, because we forget about things like, oh, this guy sucks. That guy sucks. This guy's traded here. But you forget they have families. They have children, parents, brothers, sisters, friends. And it's so much more than sport sometime. And it's great that it's coming to live. It's coming alive with the Syracuse International Film Festival. By the way, uh, brought to you by CNY Film Professionals and sponsored by Syracuse University. I thought that was nice because that's really uh, an entire community getting behind not just this film, but what you guys are doing. So go from there, John. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's, it's kind of a culmination of, of many years of, of planning and people really working the underground here to, to start seeing some of these films, uh, come to light. Uh, ones that, that A, have to do with Central New York or, or B, that involve Central New York as far as the production itself goes. You know, I'm, I'm a filmmaker as well and, and it's really cool to see, uh, all these different people, uh, because films take, you know, sometimes hundreds of people. To, to create and you, you don't always see what has to go into making these films and from the people that that have to get the the whole thing started and the, the production itself to, to the people that you finally see on screen you know there are countless hours that go into that and Syracuse has been working really hard as a community over the last couple of years to really push this this industry to the forefront um, you know we've got we've got uh, you know, I don't know if you guys heard American High over there in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school has been making films. You know, they they're they're <laughs> they're definitely dominating right now. But there's several others that that are you know doing doing a lot of work here, and it's it's really cool now that we're going to have a, a bunch of these films uh, showing this weekend at the Syracuse International Film Fest. Yeah, if you're paying attention over the past couple of years, there's some pretty big names that have been in Syracuse filming, making movies. John Ginty with the Syracuse International Film Festival is on the air with us on the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1, talking about Miracle Baby, the Corey Conacher story. He is a player for the Syracuse Crunch. If you're just joining us, my name is Rain Scoop is here. Your next question. This sounds like Miracle Baby, Corey Conacher's story, like a study in just his sheer determination. And he's quoted as saying that he... He's teared up almost every time that he's watched it. I'm, I'm, it sounds like you've watched it. Is that the case? Oh yeah, no, I've seen it a couple of times now. It's amazing. There's actually, you know, it's it. Yeah, type one diabetes is is extremely debilitating by itself. But then you couple in some of the other things that he's had to face in his life, which uh, I didn't know this fact, which they they kind of showed in the movie that most hockey players in the NHL, professional hockey players, are born between the months of January to March. And Corey was born in December. Now, why that is, I couldn't tell you why. But uh, the majority, like 80% of all players in the NHL are, are born within those first three months. And so for Corey, they, they were talking about to come in as a December baby, as somebody who had type 1 diabetes, who's somebody who uh, was born with a birth defect and had to overcome that. You know, it's just been one thing after the next for him. And, uh, you know, now he, he has a beautiful wife, a beautiful baby. You know, he loves his family and he's he's living his dream, which is just spectacular. Yeah. And his in disposition wise, personality wise, I've, I've had the chance personally to interview him a handful of times over the years. 
whether it be his time with the Crunch or at one point he was a member of the Utica Comets. And he's just mm-hmm. he's just a good guy. He's just a really good guy. You would never know the journey he's had to get where he is because you you can't tell. He's just a, a, yeah. a happy, friendly, a grateful guy to be able to do what he does. He's just he is. He's living his best life is is the phrase that everybody uses. It's it is. It's inspiring is really the word, and that's really what Corey Conacher is. And I'm sure think about his, the relationships and the bus rides and the team bonding and practices and how his you know the, his his teammates that know his story must. And I'm feel. sure he sees this back, and he's just kind of lived it. But then it is put distilled into this half-hour movie, and it, it's probably a little overwhelming for him. And he sees all the love, you know, from family and friends and uh, fr- from players that he's played with. And that's got to be uh, – it's going to touch you. It's got to be a little overwhelming. It's, you got to go well, – I understand yeah. maybe why he's teared up every time he's watched the thing. Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. The, uh, and uh, Corey now Corey can't actually be here this weekend because they're they're playing in Cleveland that's all right. weekend. But that's right. but the director Calvin will be here this uh, tomorrow night once the when we do the showing. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have a little something to say after it officially premieres somehow, somewhere, maybe put something on social media. And that's the Red House Arts Center tomorrow night, the Syracuse International Film Festival. Is I saw there's a huge list of movies. Is there anything else of a sports nature or any of the films that caught your eye in particular? Uh, well, as far as the ones that caught my eye, there, there's actually a bunch. There's everything from social justice films to medical pieces to amazing animated pieces. Uh, but this was really the uh, the only sports film that we had. Um, you know, there, there's some really, really great pieces that we're going to show. Tonight we're actually going to be showing the movie uh, Banana Split, which was done by Jeremy Derrick at American High. Um, and, and they're going to be showing that tonight. Uh, at the uh, the Red House, uh, which which looks hilarious, uh, we're going to be showing um, the the movie The Stuntman, which was made in 1980, uh, starring Steve Railsback. That's going to be on tonight as well, and that's just a really cool movie about the industry and and uh, a fun story as well. So I mean, we got we got tons of movies for everybody. We got cartoons for kids on Sunday as well. So if you got kids, you can bring them out for that. So we're, we're pretty much all across the gamut there. John, do you have cartoons for adults? I, I won't lie to you. I like an occasional cartoon myself. John Ginty is with the Syracuse International <laughs> Film Festival. Uh, they're obviously showing films through Sunday. It's filmfreeway.com slash SYR film. You can check categories like under 30 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes, 60 minutes and over, music videos, everything that you need to know is up there. Really appreciate the time today, John, talking My about the, the Corey Conacher story and, of course, Miracle Baby supporting a player on the Syracuse Crunch. We're up against a break. I got about 30 seconds left. Is there anything after we reached out to you yesterday to join us to talk about this today that was top of mind with you that we didn't ask you about or you weren't able to get out any message to anybody in relation specifically to the Corey Conacher documentary? You know, just just for Crunch fans in, in general, I, you know, I think this is a, a really great story and a way to connect with not only the team, but the, the community uh, with people that, you know, that are like minded, you know, you, we go to a game a lot, you know, a lot of us will, will go to games, but we don't actually connect outside of that. And this is a really great opportunity for that. John, thanks again. Up next, Major League Baseball scoop and rain coming back to break down the Rays and the Strohs and look forward to the championship series in the American League and the National League 
on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So the National League, it's going to come down to two teams, the Cards and the Nats, that did not win 100 games. And the American League comes down to two teams that did win 100 games. The Twins and the Dodgers both won 100 games, and they were clearly upset and are no longer playing professional baseball right now. Major League Baseball Championship Series all set. Yankees-Astros starting tomorrow. St. Louis and Washington. There's a shocker there, huh? Didn't expect that one to, that series to break out or for those two teams to end up playing each other, I think is a fair statement. Boy, Major League Baseball. It's exciting at this time of year. I, I love October. I just do. You know, that wasn't a close game last night. No. But the fans hanging on every pitch. Yeah. Uh, there's a coach in the, in the bullpen or somebody back there waving his towel, you know, with a, with a hits in the first inning, you know, jumping up and down, you know, the guy's not even in the game. I don't know who that pitcher was out there or who that coach was. It was spectacular. And Cole was just lights out. This guy is just amazing. The performance, the fire that he throws. Verlander said it. You know, they, they was put out on social media. He walked up to him after. Just, you're unbelievable, dude. You're just unbelievable. He's going to wind up being the highest paid pitcher in baseball. Yeah. He's going to, Max Scherzer, I think, is making 30 something million. There's no doubt Garrett Cole's going to. 326 strikeouts this season, a 2.50 ERA, 20 wins. The guy was like 10 strikeouts again, and he had a streak going where for like 73 consecutive innings where he'd had at least one strikeout. That they they broke that streak last night. That's a lone success. The Rays can claim there. That's uh, baseball 73, season. Holy, 73 innings with a strikeout, at least one in every inning. That's baseball, Susan. You can't predict baseball, Susan. That's baseball, Susan. Wow, you can predict that Garrett Cole's going to strike somebody out every inning, can't you? So they actually have, no surprise, the Astros have released their starting rotation to open up the ALCS. So tomorrow they're going to go with Greinke, then Verlander, and then obviously because he needs a little bit of rest, Garrett Cole. Zach Greinke was at the podium press conference, and they asked him just a little, just a few minutes ago, Scoop, and they asked him what it means to start game one. He is the Bill Belichick of uh, baseball interviews, and he goes, just got to get ready to pitch. That's it. <laughs> Just got to get ready to pitch. All business. Don't ask a follow-up because you're not getting anything out of Zach Grenke. He's always been uh, – he had some anxiety issues when he was with Kansas City. It's hard to believe he's 36 now because he made his major league de- debut, I think, at 20 years old. He's been around for a long time, but you, you do not – you are not that good for as long as he has been. I know he had a bad start last time. He's a good pitcher. They got three horses in this rotation. However, as we talked about a little bit earlier, Scoop, kind of like I'm making some excuses that I wanted to raise when I had, you know, made that statement. I was rooting for them last night and basically what became three anticlimactic games, even though we were all locked in on two football games and a baseball game. But I'd said, uh, I'm trying to root for the Ast- or trying to root for the Rays over the Astros because I'm afraid to play the Astros as a Yankees fan. Well, in 2017, that might have been true. The rosters changed a little bit here in 2019. Edwin Encarnacion in place of Holiday, Matt Holiday, who was the DH for the Yankees. Definitely an upgrade. DJ LeMayhew, who was at first base in 2017 for the Yankees. 
Bird, Greg Bird, Frazier the, of the Mets, that Frazier, Todd Frazier at third. Now, Gio Urshela, significant upgrade, plays great defense. Glaber at second base now instead of Chase Headley, Starlin Castro. Giancarlo Stanton over Jacoby Ellsbury, who hasn't played in two years. Paxton instead of Sonny Gray in 2017. Jay Happ instead of Garcia. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. he, he, that was a late-season trade. That was your starting pitcher in that Houston series in 2017. Zach Britton over Adam Warren as an option now. Definitely an upgrade. Zach Britton was fantastic. The Yankees are younger now. They are more experienced with having been to the ALCS. You look at where Judge... In, in uh, the DS, I think it was, his first playoff series in 2017 struck out, I mentioned this the other day, 16, 17 times. He was terrible. And now with the way that the team takes pitches, has learned the strike zone, you, you look at the on-base, I think he's over 500 so far. Uh, I mean, Aaron Judge is a different player. Just, just picking one player randomly. It's a completely different Yankees team overall is my point. I know I went through all that, but I wanted to give and cite examples for you so that I'm not just being an apologist. No, there's hope. There's hope that the uh, the end result will be better this time. However, you hope they drive pitch counts up on the three starting pitchers so they're not going deep into games. You get to their bullpen, and the Yankees have the offense that potentially they could hit these guys. Scoop, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's it gets down to the bullpen where the Yankees have a clear advantage. Go ahead. During the regular season, Houston 60-21 and 21 at home. Okay, you got to worry about that because you got to play some of the games in Houston. You don't get to play at Yankee Stadium all the time. These guys are the titans of of the American League, obviously. All season long, they've been the cream of the crop. It's only fitting that they match up here on the way to get to the World Series. I think it's going to be epic. And I think we shouldn't get too crazy one way or the other after one game. Let's not be prisoners of the moment. I don't know if I have any interest in the cards and the Nats. No, I'm kidding. I do. Well, you, know, you got a game tonight, and it's it's kind of weird the scheduling. It's weird how there's a game tonight, and then they play at four tomorrow. Yeah. So they're essentially uh, going to have like two games uh, under their belts, and the, the Houston Yankees are just getting started, which is just kind of odd to me. Yeah. They, sometimes it is a little bit weird the way they schedule these things out. No, I am. I am excited about it because I want to. I want to know who hopefully the Yankees are going to play. But it just doesn't it seem like the cards are always there in recent history. So that's a. It's just a well-run organization, and so is Houston now. Houston went from basically three seasons of being terrible, like historically bad for three consecutive seasons, and there's been some bad teams over the years, but to the last three years making it to the American League Championship Series. Because they have completely restructured that organization, it is it is a it's a model franchise. It really is at this point, and so are the Cardinals. They do it right all the time. I don't know. I don't know if the Nets. No, I can't say that. I got to back up off of that because the Nets have some great young talent too with Soto, and I, I mean we can go on. Boy, there's some great young players in Major League Baseball. I'm going to enjoy watching both series. Now, well, watch the. The Nats tonight. Nats I, I, always, cards. I always talk myself out of series or teams that I'm not. That's not my team that I'm not emotionally invested in. See, for me, it's more fun to watch it that way. Well, I see. I just want to be entertained. It's like Gladiator. Are you not entertained? I want to be entertained. But and can, I, if I don't have any emotional investment in any of the teams, 
I'm a much happier person. I enjoy it a lot more. Well, that's the thing, because then I get home and I flip the game on, and because I'm a sports geek, baseball geek, or whatever, I'm sucked right into it, so I'm eating my own words. Let's take a break. The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's a NFL next. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Rain and Scoop, the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Syracuse Radio. And I found something in the Buffalo News this week that I absolutely love. Now, if you're Bill's Mafia, you got to check this out. There is a Bill's Mafia Airbnb house just footsteps from New Era Field. And it's 75 bucks a night. And it is adorned on the outside with this big, huge... Bill's logo and a Bill's Mafia hashtag. And inside, there's autographed memorabilia, there's flags, there's posters. 75 bucks a night. You could get it for, uh, you know, a game night, and then you walk right to the stadium. Well, you know what the beautiful thing is? If you look at the picture in the advertisement in the Buffalo News for the Airbnb with all that you described, is there is a picnic table, a garbage can right in the front door of it. It looks just like a regular old house there on the street, but it's also um, covered in snow, by the way. It hasn't snowed yet at all, but they're advertising it with the snow because that's probably the conditions you're going to run into pretty soon heading out to a game of Buffalo. It well, you had to have there's snow. a picnic table in the picture, but yeah. then next to that, there's one of those collapsible folding picnic tables. Now, I don't know if that is... There for guests to dive into and smash. Yeah. But certainly you could do that, I imagine. You could bring your own table and dive off the picnic table into it or maybe off the roof of the house. No, I think whoever whoever rents this Airbnb that's going to a game is Bill's Mafia. That it looks exactly like the type of table they would jump off the picnic table and, and Devon get the tables. That's exactly what that looks like. There's also a shed, if you notice, on the far side of the building and there's potential. Maybe there's more tables in there if they break the first one. It, it is so cool. If you're a Bills fan, you got to try and get this thing, and you're going to a game. I bet you, uh, given that it was just in the paper this week, they're probably booked up for a couple of years in advance now. But 75 bucks a night. You can't beat it. They're going to walk to the game. Bills are on a bye this week, and then they've got Miami on the 20th. That's kind of hilarious. Can I give you an update on the breaking news we had a few minutes ago? I know we've only got a couple minutes left in today's SportZilla show. But, of course, uh, we had announced that they had definitely gotten the commitment from Kadari Richmond, four-star recruit, talking SU basketball here. Well, now it's been updated, and apparently the commitment is temporarily off from Richmond. However, oh however, Syracuse remains heavily involved. That's crazy. It goes one minute to the next. Fifteen minutes later, I'm going to Syracuse, and I'm not. That's wow. crazy. Okay, all right. Well, I, I just got a little hopeful there for a minute. I'll try to uh, pull back. Oh, this just in. Uh, Richard Sherman alleges that Michael Crabtree and Aaron Andrews have refused to shake his hand. Nobody is willing to shake his hand. I'm not shaking his hand either. I'll give him a fist bump. That's the some extent of it. Some breaking NFL news there. That was nonsense. There, there was clearly some kind of a handshake. It wasn't the appropriate, respectful kind of handshake, apparently, but there was some love given, some dap given. Richard does this to get himself motivated and fired up. He almost invents these things. Is it, is it well, to, he invented this, case in point. They're not playing them. I mean, they played the game, so it's the gamesmanship is almost after the fact. You would want to get in his head, I would think, psychologically, before the two teams you had played. You clearly see Baker Mayfield trying to shake his hand at least... 
You know, like there was a, there was an attempt there. Come on, and you can't wait. You gotta get butt hurt about that. Come on, dude. Come on. Uh, there's all you won the game. There's all sorts of sports to watch this weekend. We got about a minute till our final break. So let's just look at this ACC preseason order of finish. As you know, with Media Day, all the votes were tabulated. Syracuse ended up in eighth place overall. Duke, obviously, first. North Carolina, second. I didn't notice I say Duke, obviously, first. Of course they are. The media voted, and that's where they wound up. Uh, Syracuse getting 910 first-place votes. Mm-hmm. And they're a middle-of-the-pack team, according to the media. Hey, you know what? They got players. We'll see what happens all I know in Bayheim, I trust. I'm not a Bayheim hater. I'll never be a Bayheim hater. There's a lot of people that know more about basketball that would tell you the same thing. He doesn't get nearly the credit for adjustments as an in-game coach. Just because the players don't perform and execute what he draws up doesn't make him a bad coach. And man, can that guy throw a jacket. 